This morning, the message is, Jesus sang a hymn. All right, Jesus sang a hymn. I'm going to read again what we just went through with the um, communion. In, in verse Matthew 26, 26, And while they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is the blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine, excuse me, from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Then verse 30, we very seldom read this verse. When they had sung a hymn, they went to the Mount of Olives. And that's the, when they had sung a hymn. Jesus sung a hymn before he went out to the Garden of Gethsemane, before he faced the persecution, the whip, and the cross. Now, I've always been challenged about this, this event, this action, you know, singing a hymn. Um, you know, maybe it's because I can't sing. You know, what, what song would you sing whenever you're on your deathbed? I don't know. I can't sing. So, I, you know, often, you know, me, I've been around so many people whenever they are in the last days or last hours of their life. And I think the strangest thing, well, before I get into the strange thing, I'll ask you, if they ask you, what hymn would you like to have sung? What would be the hymn that you would think of to have sung to you before you are passing to eternity? Do you have one in mind? Amazing Grace. Anyone else? What else? Goodbye, world, goodbye. And then mine is safe in the arms of my father. You know, anyone else? Well, the strangest one I ever heard was in one of the nursing care facilities. Now, I don't know who arranged it, and I don't know if the family wanted it, but this, there was this group that would come in, and, you know, they would do songs for the residents of the, group, uh, of the facility. And so when I walked in, there's this lady who's in, she's not speaking, she's almost, I don't know, comatose, whatever. And the people are playing her favorite song. In heaven there ain't no beer, that's why we drink it here. <laughs> and I'm, sta I'm standing there and I'm thinking, you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> this lady can't, you know, she's passing into eternity and the only song you can come up with is, in heaven there ain't no beer. <laughs> Pardon? An Oka? I don't know. A polka, yeah. You know, it's a polka. I was in an Oka. What's an Oka? <laughs> it was a polka. You know, and, you know, she, evidently, whenever they would come and play, that was the one she would always request. So when she's passing into eternity, she wants to hear... Or, or I don't know if she wants to hear, but that's the song that these people are playing. And I thought, this, go this goes a long way to being one of the most strangest things I've ever been to. Uh, while I was at a funeral, I did a funeral for someone, and they, 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 uh, they played Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven <laughs> as my introduction. <laughs> you know, so... That might be, so between those two, it's a toss-up, you know, uh, as to which was the strangest thing I had to do. 
But again, this, you know, playing Led Zeppelin, none of those individuals had a church. None of them had been in church. And they had the bike, his Harley or whatever his bike, beside the casket, you know, that he rode. So you have opportunities that come in many different forms. But as we look at this song or look at this piece of scripture, and it says to us, basically, Jesus sung a hymn. So what song, what hymn? Now we have to remember, the song book of the Hebrews was the Psalms, the whole book of Psalms. That was their song book, and they would sing them. And for Jesus, one of the, one of the traditions is, uh, in, in the Jewish community, especially at Passover, one of the, the most rank, high-ranking psalms that they would sing would be Psalm 118. So I'm going to read that, and, I'm, uh, and we'll go from there. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. Verse 5. When hard pressed, I cried to the Lord, he brought me into a spacious place. The Lord is with me, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The Lord is with me, he is my helper. I look in triumph on my enemies. Verse 8. It is better to take refuge, it is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. All the nations surround me, but in the name of the Lord I cut them down. They surround me on every side, but in the name of the Lord I cut them down. They swarm around me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Verse 15. Shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. The Lord's right hand has lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. I will not die but live and will proclaim the Lord proclaim what the Lord has done the Lord has chastened me severely but he has not given me over to death open for me the gates of the righteous I will enter and give thanks to the Lord this is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous may enter I will give thanks for you answered me you have become my salvation Verse 22, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Lord, save us. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord we bless you. The Lord is God, he, and he has made his light shine on us. With, bow, with bows in his hand, joined in festal procession up to the horns of the altar. You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will be exalted. I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever.
Wow. Pastor, you're going to preach on that? <laughs> yes. But the thing is, this psalm is, we're not quite sure who it is that is the author, but most people think that it is Moses. And Moses wrote this shortly after, or sometime after, they had left Egypt. And so he's looking back over the Egyptian captivity and the Passover and looking ahead to the Messiah that will come, the spiritual Passover, Jesus Christ, who will come in the future. This psalm, with, with, along with Psalm 110, are two very intensely messianic psalms. And Psalm 118, that we just read, is the most quoted psalm in the New Testament. So this is a very, um, oh, very important psalm, and we'll see some of the places that it is written. The first verse in Psalm 118 is, of course, give one, verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures for, forever. This, love is off, this, this verse is often quoted and sung about. It, it is at all times fit for us to trace our compassion, our mercies to God. So it is right for us to say that give thanks to the Lord for he is good, his love endures forever. So what we're setting ourselves up to do is to be thankful to God for his grace and his mercy. And if we cannot give him anything else, let us give to him our thoughts and our words of praise, of thanks. We remember, remember that God is good. His love endures forever. If we place this verse after the leaving of Egypt, Moses is remembering the great deliverance and the captivity of his people living in one section of, of a town or community where the slaves were in basically um, walled in. And there is this great deliverance that God has given that the greatest empire on earth, a group of slaves can be set free by the hand of God through a man named Moses. He thanks God and he declares, God is good. So he's looking back, seeing what has happened, crossing the Red Sea, the, the plagues, you know, all those things that happened. He's looking back and he's saying, wow, God is good. Verse 2, 3, and 4. Let Israel say, so here's Moses, he's looking back, God is good. Then he comes back and focuses on, on, the, on, on the group of people. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. You know, this psalm and Psalm 136, the, Psalm 136, and we're not going to read it, but the Psalm 136 has 26 verses, and every verse has the declaration, his love endures forever. His love endures forever. Now, if we look at the people at the time, most of them can't read. So these psalms are things that they could recite. These are psalms, you know, you know can you, when, song, when a song comes to your heart or mind, it just comes, and you know it, you know? You can sing your songs. And rather than trying to, to teach people how to read, teach them how to sing. So this is what this psalm is about. 
And we see in these first verses, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, his love endures forever. Let Israel say, let the house of Aaron say, let those who fear the Lord say, his love endures forever. <laughs> the next section, verses 5 through 12, is one of personal praise. Now, this section contains individual praise, and it's, you know, again, as we said, it's possibly Moses who is the author, and the, he focuses intensely on the Lord, how that he himself is bringing his praise to God. Uh, verse 5. When hard-pressed, I cried to the Lord, and he brought me into a spacious place. Okay. I, I like this. You know, when hard-pressed, I cried to the Lord, and he brought me into a spacious place. Remember, can you imagine being in, in this basically walled-in community of Jewish people, the slaves? They had no freedom. They had no possessions. They had nothing. And Moses is saying, I, when I was hard-pressed, when I was part of this group, pressed in on every side, I cried to the Lord, and he brought me into a spacious land. He's now out where there are no walls. <laughs> He's declaring, wow, God has brought me from a, <laughs> a slum community of slaves to a land where there are no walls, and it's spacious and free. Verse 6, the Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Okay. Moses has faced Pharaoh, the strongest, greatest ruler on earth. And he is saying, God is with me. What do I have to fear of mere mortals? Feel the security that comes from Moses here. What can mere mortals do to me? Well, what did Pharaoh think? Pharaoh thought he was a god. But he soon found out the god of Moses was greater than anything he could think he was or served. Verse 7. I will not be afraid. Verse 6. Verse 7. The Lord is with me. He is my helper. Moses is not saying, I did this on my own. He's saying, the Lord is my helper. I look. I gaze in triumph on my enemies. He looks back you know, look at the Red Sea. <laughs> look at the plagues. And how that God brought these upon the Egyptians and the Red Sea that closed on all the armies of the Egyptians, you know, trying to chase down Moses and the children of Israel. I look in triumph over my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust humans. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes. Who will you trust? You know, it was very common for groups of people to make um, alliances with other groups of people so that they could somehow protect themselves. So here are the, the children of Israel, these couple million people coming out of Egypt, and they're not soldiers, they're slaves. They don't know how to defend themselves. They're not trained warriors. So it would be very easy for them to want to join forces with some other country, some other group of people. But he wasn't going to do that. I will not trust in other people and princes and chariots. One other place it says, I will not trust in, the, in, in horses and chariots, but I will trust in the name of the Lord. 
Moses makes his declaration of who he trusts. The allegiance he makes is with God. God is going to bring me through this. Now, remember, Jesus is singing this before he goes to the garden. And he knows what he's facing. The, 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 the flogging, the tr mock trial, and the crucifixion. And he's singing this. Verse 10. All the nations surround me, but in the name of the Lord I cut them down. This, is, I think, is an important thing for us to remember when things don't go right. They surround me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. Now remember, the name of God, when we speak the name of Jesus, it, it, it impacts everything that he represents, everything that he is, all the characteristics and qualities of Jesus, the, the, Jesus, the God himself, God incarnate, and, you know, risen from the dead, power of, of heaven, when we invoke the name of Jesus, it cuts the enemy down. So, verse 12. They swarmed around me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I was pushed, I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. So we find that in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. Calling upon the name of the Lord, recognizing that God is with me, that he will help me. I will trust in the name of the Lord our God. I will trust in his plans. In the name of the Lord, I trust. Therefore, I will cut them down. So all the nations surround me, they surround me on every side. They swarm around me like bees. I was pushed back and about to fall. Four times he states, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. You see, the battle belongs to God. There's, in each of this psalm, in each, there's sections in this psalm that talk about the strength and the power of God to protect, to deliver. And again, Jesus is singing this before he goes to the garden. Verse 15. Shout, shouts of joy and victory resound in the tents of the righteous. The, the Lord's right hand has done mighty things. So there's the declaration of victory. There's the declaration of dependence upon God and how that God will not fail. Verse 16. The Lord's right hand is lifted high. The Lord's right hand has done mighty things. And this is a, this verse right here, verse 17. There are a number of people that I know that were very ill, perhaps would be on the list of not being able to make it because their disease, their sickness was so great. But they read this verse, and it was their verse that they clung to. God heard their prayer. I will not die but live. So we read these things and look at, and think of Jesus going to the garden, going to the cross, and he will die. I will not die but I will live. He knew that he would, be, he would resurrect from the dead. 
the fear of battle, the fear of being conquered, fear of sickness, I will say of the Lord, I will not die but live. They will not conquer. God will conquer, me, conquer with me. Verse uh, 18. The Lord has chastened me severely, but he has not given me over to death. <laughs> Is Jesus going to the cross? He has not given me over to death. He descends into hell and takes the keys of death, hell, and the grave, but God has not given me over to death. There is no, there's, he is not going to be separated from God the Father. He is God. In verse 19, open for me the gates of the righteous. I will enter and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord, though through, though, through which the righteous may enter. I will give you thanks, for you answer me. You have become my salvation. Again, overwhelming odds. I will give thanks. You answer me. You have become my salvation. You have become the one who will rescue me. Always, in deep places, sad places, difficult places, we need to have a song in our heart. We need to have a song, a psalm, in our heart that says to us, I will not die but live. <laughs> what can mere people do to me? <laughs> How can they over, God will cut them down. In the sense that the enemy who tries to destroy you can't touch this. <laughs> can't touch this because God is with me. Trials will come, difficulties will come, problems will come, the questions will come. I don't know why such things happen, but the bottom line is, I will not die. I will live. And I will face this and know that God is facing it with me. Then, then comes this next, this, this last section, um, well, not the last section, the third section, is corporate praise. Verse 22. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it is marvelous in our eyes. The Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. Now, I've heard that, uh, some of those verses before. Acts chapter 4, verse 10 through 12. Peter here is speaking to the Sanhedrin. And he says, Then know this, you and all the people of Israel... It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus, the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is, is, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. <laughs> Moses is writing this 1,500 years. A 1,000 years, I can't remember which one it is, but a 1,000 years he's writing this as how God perhaps has used him being rejected, kicked out of the, kicked out of the, the kingdom of Egypt, and now comes back to lead the children of Israel out of bondage. 
but he's also talking about Jesus Christ and he being the chief cornerstone, the capstone that holds it all together. Then verse 24, the Lord has done it this very day. Let us rejoice today and be glad. So as we face the obstacles and the problems, do not look at how big the problem is. We look at how big our God is. <laughs> look at what the Lord has done. I will not die, but I will live. What can mortal people do to me? Don't fear, man. Fear what's anybody who can destroy the soul. So we look at what God is doing in us. Then verse, the, the last part is the commitment to worship. And this is, begins at verse 25 through 29. It says, Lord, save us. Jesus says, not my will, but thine be done. Lord, grant us success. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. From the house of the Lord, we speak blessing over you. Did you know when you speak blessings over people and they reject it, that blessing comes back to you. Oh, no, I shouldn't, have, I shouldn't have asked God to bless them. No, we ask God to bless them. They reject it, it comes back. So his love endures forever. Just think of the things that we've spoken of. His love endures forever. The Lord is with me. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I will not die, but live. You have become my salvation. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. You know, I was thinking that from the house of the Lord, from this place to all of us, to all who will be listening, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord have his face shine upon you. You see, the, from the place of the house of the Lord, we bless. And you see, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the dwelling place of God. What you bless is blessed. Hmm. And of course, the opposite is what you curse is cursed. And we stay away from that. <laughs> but we, we, we speak blessing. We expect blessing. We expect God's goodness. We expect it, and so we praise him. And then verse 27. The Lord is God. And he has made his light shine on us. The Lord has made his light shine on us with bows, boughs, you know, limbs, palm branches I thought of, with boughs or palm branches in hand. Join in the festive procession, the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. Up to the throne of the altar, the horns of the altar, the place of sacrifice. We have come to worship. Jesus is, you know, as we put together some of these, these, th these thoughts, it's like, wow. Moses talked about this, and he was writing about this Messiah. He was writing about him and how that he's going to come triumphantly into Jerusalem, and they'll be laying boughs or branches in front of him and he will walk and process up to the very altar of God where he will be the sacrifice for our sin. In verse 28, Jesus singing, 
You are my God, and I will praise you. You are my God, and I will exalt you. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. (laughs) And then Jesus walks to the Mount of Olives. There he prays. There he is betrayed and begins the, the torture, the mock trials, the beatings, and eventually the crucifixion. And entering all of that, you are my God, I will praise you. You are my God, I will exalt you. And then we are left with verse 29, which is the same as verse 1. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. <laughs> that's, what we're worth, that's what we're left with. That we are to praise the Lord. We are to give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. You know? And we can say this all in unison. That I will say it and read it through one more time. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. I want us to say it. I'll say the first part. We say, you say the part that I just said. Ready? Give thanks to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. His, he is good. He is good. His love endures forever. Then we'll do it together. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. From the house of the Lord, we bless you. (laughs) Amen. We bless you. And may the blessing of God rest upon our lives. May the grace of God be upon our hearts. And may we feel the presence of God moving in us. And whether we feel it or not, God is there. He is with us. And he will keep us. For God is good. For God is good. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Father, thank you that we have found, (laughs) you have found us. Your love, O God, touches our lives. You love us more than we will ever know. So thank you for loving and caring for us. Let your blessing be upon us. And from the house of the Lord, we bless those to watch and hear this message. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.